We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I'm continuing my interview with James Sturdivant. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to talk a little bit about storytelling and about flipping your classroom. I hope you enjoy this and please take a moment to share it with your friends. Really cool news. Last month, we hit 10,000 downloads in September. So that's pretty amazing. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening and sharing this. That's incredibly awesome for me. And I know that it's reaching a lot of people and helping a lot of people. So thank you so much. And uh, if you've got anybody that you think I should interview, feel free to drop me a line at Jethro Jones on Twitter. I'd love to talk with anybody you think I should. So thank you so much. So let's talk a little bit about storytelling because Mm -hmm. stories are so powerful and I'm sure you use a lot of stories in social studies, but talk a little bit about why stories are so powerful and then how you can get better as a storyteller (laughs) to use stories as a teacher. Well, you don't always have to be the storyteller. You can empower the kids to be storytellers as well. But let let me back up a little bit. Have you heard of an author called Daniel Pink? Yes. Daniel Pink is a Columbus, Ohio guy like me. And uh, when I first decided to write a book about five years ago, I went and talked to my superintendent. And she, she encouraged me to read this book by Daniel Pink called A Whole New Mind, which you may or may not have heard of. But mm-hmm. the whole point of his book was that the I always get these two confused. The right side of your brain is the conceptual side, and that's going to be the star of the future. And to prove this, what he did was told two stories. One story 
was about this guy called Gary Kasparov, who was a Russian chess champion who took on this IBM computer and lost. So this was this this big, it was kind of like, oh, geez, I'm trying to think. What was the, uh, oh, John Henry, the steel driving man. It's this concept of this valiant mortal taking on technology and seeing if they could win. And, and the and the guy from Russia, the, the chess champion, got beat. Yeah. So that was this amazing story in the beginning of the book about this this tension between man and technology. And then there's this other uh, story that was pretty fact based and pretty dry. So you know, I I didn't know why when I was reading through this stuff that he was going through this. Then later on in the book, he challenges the reader to recall things from uh, the two stories and the fact based one. I couldn't remember. Everything about the Gary Kasparov story, everything I could remember, the whole thing. And he used that as an example to show you stories are the way we learn. It was just this powerful, powerful eureka moment for me. And I could, I've always considered myself a good storyteller, but I never understood the power of the, of the teaching power of those stories until I read that passage. And so I'm a passionate person about stories. I think that they should be used constantly in instruction. I think students should tell one another stories as well. I think they can be used in every subject. It is a great hook. Yeah. And that, that was my question is, how do we involve stories as hooks mm-hmm. in other content areas? Well, I think that if you're teaching about science, if you're teaching about the atomic bomb, you talk about the Manhattan Project. If, you, if you're teaching about biology, you talk about how penicillin was found. You tell those human interest stories, and that's what makes things relevant. Otherwise, it's just stuff. Yeah, until you find a way for that person to relate to it, it's mm-hmm. it's just stuff. And goes back to the idea of relationships and kids actually being engaged in why they need to learn it. You know that it's all coming back around. So, what are some some good stories? that you spoke about one in your book. You can share that one about algebra. Talk a little bit more about that story because you just touched on it, but tell a little bit more about that. Well, again, I am not a math person. And Zach Height, the person who is the teacher, teaches in my building, he told this story about this impossible equation. <laughs> and I found, the, I found the equation very impossible. But here's the part that's really interesting. He comes in and he he gives me this math equation and says, do you have an interest in trying to solve this? And the answer is no. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm busy right now, Zach. Come on, man. And so then he told me the story about how this guy called Fermat developed this equation 400 years ago and said that it was unsolvable. And he told me all the details about this. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'll give that a try. So in other words, I'm busy. I'm trying to get ready for my class. This other teacher comes in with this riddle, this puzzle for me to solve, and I'm not interested. He tells me the backstory about how this guy created this big challenge. All of a sudden, I'm engaged. All of a sudden, I want to try. That's what you can do with storytelling. It was a great hook for me. Mm -hmm. And if it's a great hook for me and I'm busy and I really wasn't planning on doing any algebra at that point in my day, it'll work for kids as well. Yeah, and so so, what's your advice for someone who's teaching any any subject, and mm-hmm. how do they start? How do they find the right topics to make part of their uh, make a story for in their class? Does that question make sense? Yes, I think what you do is you first empower the kids, empower them to find the stories, give them a subject, and say, 
Find some interesting stories. Tell one another these stories. Make it an assignment. Bring in, like show and tell, an interesting story about whatever subject you are learning about at that, at that point. There's something else you can do. You can, if, if your kids have Chromebooks, they can get the fireplace app. <laughs> they can get a virtual fireplace <laughs> going. You can get them into small groups and challenge uh, them to tell one another stories. In other words, I think teachers oftentimes feel like they have to do it all. And sometimes the kids are a lot more creative than you are. So uh, put that challenge out there and see what they come up with. I think you'll be really amazed. And that's self-directed learning. There's that, that great phrase there. Yeah, absolutely. So in your research for this book, what are the things that are just like dead simple things that people can start doing like tomorrow to get better at engagement and things that you have found that in this day and age, it's crazy to think that we're not using some of these things right now. One thing that I'm really passionate about, and I mean extremely passionate about, is I want to make my presentations engaging. You know, I talked about the 10-minute rule, and, and, and I'm passionate about that. But, but 10 minutes is still 10 minutes. And so you want to really hold their attention for those 10 minutes. I read this amazing book that I learned about through a Voxer group. I read it last summer. It's called Presentation Zen. Now, Presentation Zen by Gar Reynolds is a book that is going to revolutionize the way you present, not just to students, but to anybody. Uh, Jethro, here's the typical uh, presentation. I went to professional development the other day, and I watched uh, this person present. They had some good information, but they say they made the same mistake that a lot of people make. He put up a Prezi, I think it was, and it was filled with text. Now, he was reading the text. We were reading the text. We were multitasking as an audience because we were trying to read what he had written and listen to his voice at the same time. And it was sensory overload. And I don't think a lot of it was getting through. So Gar Reynolds has a very simple solution to this. You take the text off your slides. Minimal text, maybe a phrase or a title or even a word. You populate your slides with extremely compelling images. You tell stories, compelling stories about these images. And then when your presentation is done, you give your audience a leave behind with those treasured bullet points on it. And what I found by doing this is the retention level goes way up. The engagement goes way up. I mean, think about it. I mean, wouldn't you rather look at a fascinating picture and hear a tremendous story and then be given the relevant information as opposed to trying to madly be like a court stenographer and just take everything down uh, on the fly. So that's just a simple technique that you can do with any presentation. Now, what I've done with this is I've flipped almost all of my presentations. So uh, the kids are actually watching at their own pace, which I'm a big fan of flip presentations. But when I first started doing flip presentations a number of years ago, it was a little too text-based. And then after reading this book, I realized the engagement potential of just putting incredible images on there, telling great stories, and then giving a leave behind at the end. Yeah, and what I like about that is that even TED Talks, which are so engaging and popular as well, they typically don't have any slides for you to look at or even images. It's just a person talking. and so Right, and that's a good example, and they're all about 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, it's perfect. So when it comes to 
uh, doing that presentation. I think you've inspired me. I've got a presentation coming up in a couple of weeks at mm-hmm. a conference and I had a plan. I think I'm going to change it now because I think that's how I want to communicate. So you've, you've inspired me and challenged me to, you know, take my own medicine that I'm asking you how to do things and, and I'm going to actually follow through on that. So, Well, that's great, Jethro. And if I can point you towards one thing, if you listen to episode 10 of the Hacking Engagement podcast, which ironically is about 10 minutes long, <laughs> it's all on this right here, man. It's this concept of, and, and you know, it's so interesting that you say that because I've presented to, and I've had more than one person come up and comment on the lack of text on my slides and how interesting they thought that was. And how they were going to try that for their next presentation. Yeah. Well, it, it's certainly powerful. And when the kids are, when you're doing the flipped model and they're watching it at their own pace, then they, they don't have to watch it as intently, but they are getting that, that auditory experience of hearing you tell a story, which is probably pretty powerful for them. I was amazed when I started flipping my presentations. I mean, I flip all of them. I do not stand in front of my students and give academic lectures. I, I, I tell stories, I, I give instructions, we bond, we do that stuff. But when it comes to actually delivering content through a presentation, in my class, it's all flipped. And if somebody would have told me three or four years ago that I would, I would be flipping all my presentations, I, I, would have, I would have thought that was ridiculous. I just came to the conclusion that that's the way these kids gather information. When you look at them in their free time, they're almost always looking at YouTube videos. It's what they do. So there was a point, I don't really know when this was, when I thought, you know, this is kind of the way it's going. Maybe I should give it a try. As soon as I started doing it, I was amazed at how much more engaged students were when they had the control of watching it at their own pace. And, you know, kids shoot you straight. If something doesn't work, they'll tell you. If something does work, they'll tell you. I had students that were very complimentary immediately when it came to flipping my presentations. I wasn't anticipating that. That was a wonderful development. Well, what do you think it was that made them so beneficial? I think that they love the control of watching at their own pace. They can take breaks. <laughs> you know, if you're watching Sturdivant's uh, presentation, it's on minute eight and you got to go to the bathroom, you get up and go to the bathroom, you get something to eat, you come back to it. There's something they didn't understand, you rewind it. If there's something that they don't understand after rewinding it, they can write down the question and ask you the next day. When they're in class, you're doing more active, hands-on stuff. It is, quite frankly, the most impactful change that I have made in instruction in my career, and I will never go back to the old way. And like I said, I, I consider myself an engaging presenter but when I was presenting four or five years ago, I didn't feel like I was holding them as well as I used to. Yeah. And, you know, as you said earlier, you probably weren't because of the different uh, ways that they're interacting and their shorter attention spans. I mean, that's just the reality mm-hmm. of, of the world that we live in. When in Rome, my man. And, and one thing that I'm, I'm big on uh, with my podcast is I like to have student voices. Mm-hmm. And I had a student voice come on and talk about her experience with uh, my flip presentations. And, and she had some criticisms that were very legitimate, but overall she was massive thumbs up. Probably wouldn't have had her on otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I noticed you're not pulling the kid who's like never watching those. And, yeah. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I would have published that episode. Yeah. It would have been like, well, thanks for the feedback, buddy. Delete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we're getting close to end of the time here. And I appreciate your, you're taking the time to chat with me. I got about a million more questions, but um, no problem. The last question I ask is <laughs> what's one thing that someone can do starting today to be a transformative leader or transformative teacher like you? I think that you just have to just check your ego, man. I mean, I'm telling you right now, when I check my ego and learn from other people, I'm, I'm so much better off. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about one of the most powerful experiences I had as a teacher happened very early on. And it dealt with my ego having to be corralled and me shutting up and listening for a change. So I'm a social studies guy. I'm, I'm teaching this class. And, and this was back when I was young and absolutely filled with testosterone. I'm just, you know, going a million miles an hour. And a controversial subject came up in my class. And I did something I would never do today. I expressed an opinion on this controversial subject. And I knew my students and I knew that 90% of these kids were going to be totally on board with what I was saying. And, you know, I could see a lot of nodding heads and I just I felt like Julius Caesar, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I had all these people with me. I could just, I, I just feel them like saying, go, Mr. Sturdivant, we're with you. So the bell rings and they all go filing out and I just felt incredible exhilaration. I turned to leave for lunch and there was a young woman standing there and she wanted to talk to me and she looked kind of upset. So I engaged her and I was like, what, what's wrong? And she goes, you know, Mr. Sturdivant, you need to be careful expressing your views to us. And most people in here agree with you, but I'm not one of them. And, and I don't feel comfortable with you uh, pushing your views that much. Well, I was, you know, young guy and I was still a little full of myself. And so I felt compelled to try to argue a little bit more about why I was right. Jethro, she leaves to go to lunch. And within five seconds after she walks out that door, I get this incredible sinking feeling because I knew that she was absolutely right, and I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> so the next day, the kid, kids fall, file in, and I made a big deal out of her, talking about how she called me out and how brilliant she is and how much I appreciate what she did and how I'm going to be careful about not doing that in the future. And so she felt really good, and you know, we made up, and I thanked her and all that stuff. But I never did that again, and I, and I never would do it again. And I was just young and kind of full of it and should have known better, but I didn't. And so that's a classic example of, you know, you can learn so much if you just drop your ego out of the picture. I got teacher colleagues in my building that are younger than my children now. I learn so much from those people all the time. I mean, I learn a lot from my students. Not, my students are a lot smarter than I am. I mean, I, I learn tremendous amounts from them. So if you can just, you know, reduce your anxiety about, I don't know, <laughs> you know, not, not feeling relevant or whatever, and just put your ego aside and, and learn from the people around you, you're going to do great. Yeah, absolutely. That is so powerful. You know, in working with, uh, with teachers and students, the thing that I want to hear the most from them when I have to call them out on bad behavior is, oh, is that how it appears? That wasn't my intention. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's try this again. Yeah. And you know, kudos to that girl for having the courage to talk to you like that because that's pretty amazing. Yeah, but yeah, kudos to you for like, yeah, appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know, I I, I did the math, and I I think that girl would be pushing fifty now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could find her. Oh man, I, I wish I could find her. You know, I I, I it, it was a long time ago, but boy, did it have a incredible impact on yeah. me. Yeah, well, it probably had an impact on her, and hopefully, she remembers. <laughs> Find a way to come. Back to, yeah, I hope she does. Maybe she's an educator. She said, "I said, I set that little guy straight." <laughs> <laughs> I hope she does. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! Well, thank you so much for your time, and the links to your books are in the in the show notes and in the and to your podcast. So, is there anything else that you want to share? How to get in touch with you and how to learn more from you? No, I'll tell you what. If you email me, I'll email you back. I really enjoy interacting with with colleagues. And I'm one of these guys, I've had no interest in becoming an administrator. I, I love the classroom. I've been there for a long time. I could retire in one week, Jethro, but I don't see myself doing that. I'm having too much fun. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And <laughs> it's been awesome talking with you. And and uh, I love listening to your podcast. So make sure you check out the Hacking Engagement podcast and get his book as well. Thanks so much, James. Take care, my friend. That was a great interview with James Sturdivant. I'm really glad we had a chance to talk to him. He does have a great voice and a great uh, ability to tell good, powerful stories. So obviously that's something that he has honed from his 32 years in the classroom and really grateful for him taking the time to chat with me. If you would like to, please go to the show notes at transformativeprinciple.org and you can get links to his books and the other books that he talked about. You can get those there. Thank you so much for listening. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave a rating or review in iTunes and share this with other leaders who want to help lead fantastic schools. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.